Hey there, welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Long, business coach for nutritionists. I help nutritionists just like you create and launch their business and sign their first high-paying client. In this podcast, you'll learn practical strategies to start and grow your nutrition business that you can implement right away. You'll also hear from a ton of guests who have started their own thriving nutrition businesses and share what they've learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. Today we are talking all about setting boundaries with your clients and in your business and your work-life balance. This is such an important topic as I know that a lot of us deal with boundary issues. Either we haven't set them, we have trouble setting them, or we didn't know we were supposed to set them to begin with, and then we end up coming into a lot of potential issues with clients because we haven't set a base for, you know, how they can act with us, how what they can expect from us, what we can expect from them, and we haven't really set the tone. So today I have one of my good friends, Brandy McKenzie, here to chat all about boundaries and why they are important and need to be set in your business right now. Brandy is a coach and author who helps sensitive women follow their soul voice towards more trust, connection, and confidence. And believe me, Brandy is the right person to be talking about boundaries. She is really great at setting boundaries in her personal life and in her business life, and there is no one better than her than to come and talk about this topic. So today we dig into how to set boundaries with your clients, including what to set and when to set them. Um, We chat a little bit about how to actually implement a client contract and what to put on it so that you are setting yourself up and your clients up for success. And then how to actually enforce boundaries when they're not being met. We dig a little bit into how to protect yourself from any client negativity or bad feedback. Um, including what to do when your client says that they haven't made any results or they haven't made any of the changes that you've set in place for them. You know, what happens in this scenario? So we dig into this and teach you how to actually approach this scenario. And then lastly, we talk about setting good work-life balance boundaries so that at the end of the day, you can put your laptop away and have your life and your business um, have a little bit of separation. So I'm so excited to dig into this and let's welcome Brandy. Hey, Brandy. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I am super excited to have you on. Um, And just for everybody listening, Brandy is a really close friend of mine. We are um, friends in life and friends in business. We actually are currently working together in Mastermind, which is essentially like a group program, but it's um, a type of situation where you really support one another and you um, share ideas and you cheerlead one another. And Brandy has been such an incredible support in my life and in my business over the past, it must be like a year and a half, maybe two years now almost. Yeah, coming on to two years later this year. Yeah, so um, so I'm so grateful to have her in my life and I knew that she was a thousand percent the right person to bring on for this topic because what we're going to talk about today is setting boundaries with your clients and setting boundaries in your business. And this is something um, that Brandy's obviously going to go way more into detail about, but it's something she's an expert on and she... Um, is someone that helps to teach other, you know, sensitive women how to kind of find their soul voice and their intuition and really trust themselves and connect more with themselves and find confidence. And I think, um, unfortunately, a lot of us in this industry are lacking confidence. We're lacking that 
you know, I guess, desire to speak our truth and to be honest. And we don't really want to rock the boat a lot of times because we're the more sensitive type, the healers, the people that just want to help. So this conversation is going to be awesome to really help us, um, I guess, get rooted and strong in our boundaries. So we're protecting ourselves and our clients. So Brandy, why don't you just start by um, telling us a little bit about yourself and, you know, how you work with people and why boundaries are important to you? Absolutely. So I love what you said, you know, especially for um, your audience here, because we are sensitive types as healers. And being in this particular industry where we're constantly working with others and and helping them, we have this tendency to overgive. And so one of the things that I feel most passionate about is that we really maintain our sense of, hmm, our sense of inner power that we really hold strong with, with our boundaries, with our own energy, and that we allow ourselves to be in business um, where we also have a really great life balance. So that didn't quite answer your question, but I think it's really important to say. So um, my work is working with sensitive women, and I really help them tune into what I call their soul voice. And your soul voice is what I consider behind your intuition. It's like the driving force in your life that that brings things brings things through your body, your intuition, you know, sort of however you relate. And it's what I consider our truth. And it's really hard um, oftentimes for women to feel confident, as you said, in speaking their truth. And it can be especially hard when you're running a business. Yeah, that's so true. And I feel like I can really relate to that because I think when you're starting a business, you're like just throwing in and you're like, you have so many things to be worrying about that the last thing you're worrying about is if you're being true to yourself or if you're standing up for yourself or if you're in integrity with yourself. Um, That's at least my experience. I don't know if that's everyone's, but for me, it was like I jumped right in my business without thinking about myself really and then would work with so many clients and have so many situations where I'd burn out and I'd clearly overstep boundaries that like I should have set for myself Um, and that didn't come until way later on in my business so um, why do you really feel like boundaries are important to have in your business? I think this is a great question and um, I have a mentor that it supports me with boundaries. I've taken a course of hers. Her name is Randy Buckley. And she uses a phrase that I absolutely love. And this answers your question, that boundaries are values in action. Mm-hmm. So we have to create boundaries in order to uphold our values. That's really the idea here. And so what I think is, I think there's a negative connotation that comes up oftentimes when we talk about boundaries. We think about boundaries as being a wall that shuts things out, but it's really the opposite. Boundaries allow us to bring in what we really want to bring in. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if it's allowing us to bring in things that we want to bring in, like how do we even approach, how do we know what we want to bring in, I guess, is my question. You know, when we're first starting out, how can we get clear on what's important to us and what we need to, I guess, protect in a sense and what we need to um, create in order to, you know, stay aligned with who we are as a person? 
Yeah. So I, I think, you know, let's just start with that little nugget that you said at the end, who we are as a person. Now, it's important that we remember that we as individuals are separate from our business, that we don't tie up our identity too much there. But because we are, you know, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, especially when we're first starting out in business, we are the face of our business, right? And so we are showing up as our business at all times. So what you really just want to be rooted in here is thinking about what you value as a person, as an individual. And then you start to nuance that into what's important to you as a business. So you start with your own personal values and integrity, and then you let that come out into, into your business, basically. Mm, okay, that makes a lot of sense. So you start with what's important to me, and then that like flows into what what's important for my business in order to stay in alignment with what's important for me. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, something you said earlier about, um, you know, just kind of being thrown into business, so to speak, when you were starting up, I think it's, I think one of the biggest challenges that we face is even coming up with, you know, with your niche and what type of person you want to work with. And um, that in a sense is part of our value system as well. And so making sure that's in alignment is actually foundational for our boundaries also. Mm, Yeah, I would love to dig into that more later when we talk about, you know, protecting yourself with a client and, you know, really digging into, you know, that the fact that it is important to set those, I don't know what to call it, but just to have an idea of who you want to work with, picking that focus, choosing that niche so that you already have kind of eliminated the people you don't want to work with and you know that you're not in alignment with, um, to clear space for those people, you know, that you do want to, and and you're so right that that's probably one of the biggest decisions to make, because let's say, um, you really feel like you want to work with, um, people that have like adrenal burnout or something like that. And then you get into that type of coaching relationship and you find that that is draining for you. And then your boundaries are now like you, are, are fried. You're so, getting adrenal burnout from helping other people with adrenal burnout. <laughs> well, exactly. So I think it's like, you know, we can only know so much about who we want to work with and then work with them and see if it's a right fit. So like we never can truly know until we do it. But I think you raise a really good point that like that's kind of a key foundational step to figure out from the beginning. Absolutely. And I think you have to just keep coming back to, again, what are your values? Because you're absolutely right that when you're starting out, you might start with a certain demographic and you might learn that that actually is not exactly how you want to continue forever in your business. And I'm a believer in that as we grow and shift, that our business is allowed to grow and shift with us. And so we will constantly be reevaluating not only our foundational personal values, but our business values. And I think the more we're in business, the easier it gets to see what really doesn't, doesn't work for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So this might be throwing you on the spot just a little bit here, but I know, I know you're going to do great with this one. So I'm just curious what your thoughts are um, on a business owner that sets boundaries versus a business owner that doesn't. Can you like, talk about that for a second of what that might look like for someone that's listening. And they're like, well, I don't really know it's important to set boundaries. What might it look like for them if they don't? Okay. Great question. Really good question. And I do have a few more details on this that we can speak about later, but, um, but I'll paint the picture now. So 
not setting boundaries means essentially in your business, not setting boundaries on your business means essentially that you are not creating expectations. You're not creating expectations for your client and also you're not creating expectations for yourself. And the reason why this can be problematic is then, for instance, your client might think that they just get everything from you at all times. So if you don't have boundaries, for instance, in the way you communicate with your clients, um, uh, this is something I think is really important that the, that the client knows exactly how you'll be communicating. Um, for instance, are you accessible via phone? Are you accessible via email? Are you accessible via text? Are you accessible via you know, another system such as Slack or, you know, some other app like that. And if they don't know upfront what your accessibility is, then they might just use you to the max. Mm -hmm. So they might be emailing you all the time. They might be text messaging you at 10 PM. You know, they might be calling you, whatever it is, you never know ahead of time, but the potential is that they overuse you. And so if there's no expectations and you are getting overused, well, what does that sound like? It's going to drain you. It's absolutely going to drain you. And because you're starting out in your business and you want to please your clients, the likelihood of you responding and, you know, reacting um, to that accessibility is just going to be too much. And so that would be the biggest thing I think that that shows up in in not creating boundaries is really in in the communication sector of your business. Like, you know, what can they expect to get from you? Mm-hmm. Okay. And when? <laughs> yeah, and when? Yeah, setting like really clear, I guess, terms around that. Um, yeah, and I love that point about it's all about the expectation, you know we want to give so much that we want to say, sure, contact me anytime. I'm an open book. You know, my email's open. Text me at 3am, right? Like sometimes we're in that, I don't want to say desperate energy for clients, but when we're just, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah. We're just like anyone. Sure. I'll be there for you a hundred percent. And then when the hundred percent kicks in, we're like, oh my God, (laughs) (laughs) this is one client. How could I even think about bringing on multiple clients like this, right? In this capacity. So Mm -hmm. I totally agree with that expectation thing, setting it, you know, for yourself, but that it's benefiting them too, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's Mm -hmm. a two-way street. It's going to help you both. So when it comes to like what to set in terms of boundaries, you kind of already said like, more around communications. Are, are there any other things you can think of right now and like what you would like tangibly set with them? You know, for me, the, the communications is really, is really it. That's for me and how I run my business. I think that's the most important. And I'm, you know, I really think that everyone here listening is going to be in a similar situation where we're using the internet. You know, we've got more breadth than we've ever had before. It's not like someone shows up at at your office and that's the only time they see you. You know, Mm -hmm. we have all of these technologies now that make us really accessible. So I really think that this does depend on your business and your personal style and also what you're doing. You know, are you just doing one-on-ones? Are you doing retreats or events or teaching or things like that? But for me, the, the really foundational boundaries in your business are about client access. And so I'll also say that this, this includes what I would call like hours of operation, you know, because the other thing is because of how we work from our laptops all over anywhere, we might be working at 11 PM and then 7 AM the next day or whatever. And so I think hours of operation are really important, not only for your clients, 
but also for your life. <laughs> because this is where we really stretch our, our boundaries. And we're like, oh, but I really have to get this done. So I'm just going to, you know, sit on the couch um, with my husband and, and work into the evening, when really, it's much more valuable to you and to whatever you're working on, that you used really focused time and you give yourself hours of operation where you have clear cut lines between business hours and life hours. Yeah. And you are like my 100% role model for that. <laughs> we talk about a lot. Um, um, Brandy and I have had many conversations about boundaries and me trying to set them in my life and in my business. And um, just so you all know, like Brandy has an automated, um, I guess, email response that when someone emails her, it responds with like some clear terms of here's when you're going to hear from me. Here's the hours I respond. Um, you are very valuable to me. Like it's a very affirming message, but it's very clear and there's a lot of direction in there. So I know that, okay, I'm not going to sit around and hope that she's going to write me back in the next hour. Like she looks at her emails between this time, or she doesn't look at her emails between this time. And I think, um, that, like you said earlier, you know, a lot of us can look at it as it's like really strong or um, brash. I don't know if that's the right word, but like really mm -hmm. like forceful or I think we see it sometimes boundaries in like a negative way. Yeah, like like we're shutting things out, I think is the connotation that often comes up with it. Yeah, shutting things out or I'm not accessible enough for people. Like I know Being that, that strict is kind of a word I think of too. Yeah, there. yeah, strict. Exactly, exactly. But what I hear you saying is like, even though it might feel that way at first, like if you're someone that isn't used to setting boundaries, you know, it's going to feel weird, I'm sure. And it's probably other people are probably going to have to get on board because they're used to you probably not setting boundaries. So it might be an adjustment period. But what I hear you saying is that like, it's very crucial that you do so for your health, your mental health, um, your work-life balance, relationships. relationships, which we'll get into all that a bit more. Um, but I'm really glad you're bringing this up because yeah, with the internet now, it's not just, or, you know, or working from home, it's not just, you know, nine to five and you shut your computer off and you go spend time with your family. For a lot of us, that's not the case actually. Yeah. yeah I, I think it's, I mean, I could go off on a lot of different things there, um, but I think it's it's first and foremost key. And because I don't want to forget this, I am just going to go on a little tangent about something you said, which is like people have to get used to your boundaries. Mm -hmm. um, you also have to get used to creating and upholding your boundaries. And one thing I think that also is kind of a... I don't know how to say, but like, I think when we say we put up bound or when we think about putting up boundaries or people talk about boundaries, we think it's just about how other people uphold them, you know, or how other people like in this, in this scenario, it's just about what our clients do, but it's not, it's about what we do too. And so when you're creating boundaries and you're, you're working from this foundation of your values, you know, it's not just about your clients upholding those boundaries. It's about you upholding them for yourself as well. And so I think that's really important to remember that this is really, you know, a reciprocal relationship and that it it's important for health relationship, all those things that you also uphold these. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because um, 
I think, <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of people listening can relate, is that you can have all of your, you know, ideal scenario if someone asks you a question, you know, how you're going to respond or if they email you outside of your work hours, like that you're going to have that boundary, like you say, but if you... um adjust yourself for one person or if you make an exception or if you're like oh it's not that bad if I do it and you keep doing this over time and you're not respecting those boundaries all of that energy starts leaking in and taking over and the way I see this happening for a lot of us in you know the nutrition industry is (laughs) and I'm sure a lot of you can relate um, a friend or a family member asking you for advice you know, hey, can I just chat with you for 10 minutes and, you know, get your insight on this thing? And then it turns into an hour consultation that number one, you weren't paid for. Number two, probably took a lot more time than you expected. Number three, probably drained your energy. Mm -hmm. And I think this happens so often where just like you said, you know, we can have the like boundaries in place, but if we're not implementing them or enforcing them, that's where the trouble is going to come out. Well, and I like the word that you used leaks too, because I, I, I will talk a little bit later about how to understand the importance of, of, of these types of boundaries, because there are non-negotiables, but there are things that need to have some flexibility. But if you're constantly flexing and, and you're constantly just going outside of the expectations that you set, then really you're creating a lack of trust because the client can't trust what you've laid out for them. Mm-hmm. If you're constantly going against that. Mm. Yeah. They're like, well, it actually gonna... takes you out of integrity. Well, totally. Cause they're like, well, I thought you said this one thing and now you're actually saying this other thing. Mm-hmm. And I guess people are going to, you know, for lack of a better word, abuse your boundaries. If you let yes. them do that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so um, because I know you and I had a pretty like clear um, path of what we wanted to talk about today, and I'm known for going on big tangents. So I want to make sure we're getting everyone all the info that we had planned. So we talked a little bit about what to set in terms of like communication boundaries, um, when to set them, like you think kind of just right off the bat, like if you're new, set, set them now. If you've already started your business, make sure you implement them right away. Yes, I think that the earlier you set these boundaries for clients, you know, the better everyone's going to understand them. So as an example, if you're working with a client right now and you're halfway through your package, but you decide today, I'm, I'm not receiving text messages from my clients ever again, but this client has been texting you the whole time. So how do you, you know, how do you say to them, well, as of today, you can no longer text me. That's going to be really hard for them. Versus if you start up front with all of your clients and say, I have a no text policy, then that's going to be very clear from the beginning. Okay. So from the beginning's best. What about when it is in the middle? I'm not sure if you have an answer, but how do you, you know, if let's say you're with someone for six months, right? That's a long, long, long time. And maybe for the first three months, text message worked really well. And then at month three, you now have like six more clients or three more clients all texting and you're like, you know what, this isn't going to work. Is it possible to still, to create a new boundary within the coaching relationship? I believe it is, but this is where you have to have that confidence that we, that we talked about at the very beginning here. You have to be willing to trust that you know what's right for you and confident in speaking your truth to your clients. Now, my personal perspective is that, you know, 
truth is always important. I'm, I'm a very transparent person. That's just who I am. If this were me in that scenario, I would just say, you know what, I've, I've recognized that over time text messaging is a little bit too draining for me or, you know, however you want to put it out there and say, going forward, um, I need to request that there are no more text messages coming in. But how you can make this a more um, easeful transition is by having a replacement. So you can say, um, for the next two weeks, you can still text me Monday through Friday, um, 10 to 2, but I'd like us to wean it over time. Mm-hmm. Or you can say, instead of text messaging, I'm now going to put um, put all of my clients into Slack, and that's where all of our messages are going to show up, something like that. Yeah, so you're not leaving them like high and dry. You're still, you're giving them a transition, mm-hmm. um, but that's more aligned and suited for you. Yes. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know because I think a lot of us might get in these relationships um, and then we're like, oh, it's not going the way I want it to go. How do I mm-hmm. transition it? And one thing I wanted to say that I was like, oh, I love the way you said that was like, you know, um, moving forward or I don't know exactly how you worded it, but like moving forward, um, it's going to be more, you know, um, aligned for me or respectful of my time or whatever it is to, to move away from this and to move into this other way of doing things versus mm-hmm. would it be okay? Or, um, I don't want to make you upset or mad, but you know, and using language <laughs> like that, you know, where it might not that it's a power dynamic thing you're trying to create like, um, you over them or anything, but it might not create the same result as if you were to just come in and be more confident, like you said, and just set the boundary. Absolutely. I believe it does take you out of power and, you know, you're in the power position, so to speak here again, not in an uh, egotistical, you know, type of way, abusive type of way, but you're the coach, you're being paid. You're, you're the one guiding them and, and showing them through. And so you do have to take some control and just say, this is how it's going to be. The more you, um, you know, ask and sort of go around that, that's coming from a place of guilt. It's coming from a place of not feeling powerful. Um, and so that's, that's never really going to be positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For you. Yeah, well, exactly. And, and I could even say for them, because if you continue to do that thing, that's no longer serving you, it's not going to serve them in the long run either, because you're not going to show up, the energy is not going to be there, you're going to be resentful, all of those things. All the things, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So awesome. Okay. So when it comes to like how to set them and how to enforce them, um, I know we've kind of talked about this a bit, but do you have some more kind of tips or tricks or details on like what we can do here? Absolutely. I have some some really specific details on this one. So um, I'm going to read through my notes to make sure we get everything here because I think this is really important. So one of the things that you mentioned um, earlier was my email responder. So that is a very simple way that you can start to um, create those expectations and how you're going to communicate with people. You know, um, the first time I had an email responder years ago, I had a client write me back after she received it and she said, wow, this literally just changed my life. Like I work in a business where people expect me to be on email 
you know, even when I'm out of the office, when I'm at home with my kids, with my family, and they expect a 15 to 30 minute turnaround. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my email responder says expect up to three business days. And she just was, her mind was blown. And I'm using this example because we do live in a time where it's instant gratification. You know, everything just comes through so quickly. And so this is a really great way for them to get a sense of how you operate that you do have boundaries in place, that you are creating more spaciousness, and that you have a life, quite frankly, you know, and that you're going to, to not be on your email 24 seven. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one really simple one. And then the other place that I think is the most important to set this in stone, quite literally, is um, in your contracts or client agreement forms. Now, um, when I worked with a legal advisor and, and set up my contracts and client agreement forms and got things, you know, really written explicitly, it, like the most detailed that it had ever been, it was the biggest relief and felt like such an up level in my business. So I first just want to say like, this is a really important piece and, and this is where we get to lay everything out and, and again, have it. I said in stone, but in ink, you know, and, and be able to reference over time so that if anything does come up and people are, and your clients are not respecting the boundary, you can go back to your communicate to your um, contract or client agreement and say, this was in the agreement and you signed off on it. Mm -hmm. So um, should I talk a little bit about the, the sections there that I think are important? Yeah, please dig right in. And I just wanted to say really quickly is that, um, I don't even think a lot of people know they should have a client contract. Um, yeah. And if that's you, that you're not wrong. Like it's probably just that you weren't taught that, but I didn't have one when I first started out and it wasn't mm -hmm. until things started happening, you know, not that I had a lot of negative experience with clients, but um, I remember one time um, a client came to a consultation. I didn't have them sign anything. We did the whole consultation um, after they said they would e-transfer me, never e-transferred me never gave me anything. And I like, that was a huge learning opportunity for me to be like, wow, I literally had nothing in place to protect me in that scenario. You know, that's a really good point. And, um, I do have something to say about that here in a moment, but I, I think it's, yeah, it's not, you know, it's not wrong because we aren't taught that in the beginning. And, and so much of us just have like a little, a little paragraph that's kind of like a, a liability paragraph or whatever, but as I was saying before about my own experience, when I got like legal language and really explicit details in place, it felt like the biggest up level in my business. I mean, it was like surprising to me how good it felt. That's really good. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, I mentioned this earlier that, that this is really important. So under, in my contract, um, I have a communication section. And so depending on what type of offerings you have, you want to break these down Per section. So I'll just read through mine a little bit. Um, so for me, I offer private coaching sessions. And so in the, under the private coaching sessions, I want them to know exactly what they get, how they can access me. Um, I use Zoom, for instance, with my clients. So I say that it's their responsibility to download and test Zoom before our first session. Um, I like that one because <laughs> I was yeah. like, where, how do I get on here? What's the thing? And, exactly. and yeah, that's a great, like, and it's wasting time and yeah. energy. Yeah. Um, how do they cancel your, your session if they need to, you know, what is your cancellation policy? How much time do they have? Um, I, because of text messaging being such a, 
I hate to say it this way, kind of a cop-out for people these days, but in my cancellation policy, I say, you cannot text message me. I will not receive a cancellation via text. Mm -hmm. It has to be by my scheduler, by phone call, um, you know, so things like that. And then I also have um, kind of like a no-show policy, you could call it, where I say that if, if the client doesn't show up within 10 minutes of the start time, that their session will be canceled and forfeited. Mm. So things like that too, because you don't want to sit around waiting on someone and then they no show, you know? Yeah. And then they're like, oh, well, I forgot or let's reschedule, you know, nope, it's got to be clear. (laughs) Well, and it's not usually just you jump on and you're there, like you are preparing a lot of the time. So it's the time before as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's so much more than just the session. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, I think it's, um, well, you know, it's just rude to be to no show a session, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but you need them to know that that that's not acceptable to you. Yeah, for sure. Um, so then, depending on other types of offerings that you have, um, you want to lay those out, you know, in detail as well. So for me, I also offer retreats with my clients. So it's really clear in my communication section, you know, what is included in the retreat, what is not. For instance, I. So I take my clients on one-on-one retreats and I do all of the planning. So, um, you know, they can show up and the, the lodging will be taken care of and the food will be taken care of. But it's very clear, I say, that they have to pay for their own way to get there or, you know, their flights or their car or transportation, like that's not included. Mm-hmm. So this might not be relevant exactly um, for, for who's listening right now, but it's good to know for future, just always making sure, you know, what's included, what's not. Mm -hmm. And then what is their accessibility to me in the retreat? So even if you're doing a workshop or something like that, what is their accessibility? You know, do they have one-on-one time with you or is it just, they show up for this event and, and then it's done. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I've even had that, um, with my online programs, you know, someone's bought a program and, And, you know, for no fault of them, this is totally, you know, me now being like, wow, I need better, clear (laughs) boundaries around it or clear um, contract around it. Because a lot of people think then that means that they're my one-on-one client, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you don't, if you aren't the one to set the boundaries, they won't, there won't be any, right? So you have to step Exactly. And you might have to learn once, like you might have to run a session and be like, ooh, not doing it that way again. Um, in order to know what to set. But I think Brandy is giving you guys so many um, really important things to start off with that for you, Brandy, I'm sure like this is how many years into business for you? You know? Well, I, I mean, I've, my first business started in 2006. So 13 years ago, this coaching has been um, five years, but it's absolutely that I mean, honestly, every time I write a, a client agreement form for a new offering that I have, it gets better. It gets more clear mm-hmm. every it. single time. Yeah. So you're just growing on experience. Yeah. So, sorry, I kind of cut you off there. Was there anything else you think that they need to include? I do. There's one other section that, that I call um, access to the company or access, you know, to, to me. So in my client agreement forms, I am quote unquote, the company, that's just how it is in legal terms. So what are, what is their access to you? So um, I'll use some examples here. So during a coaching package, how may they access you? Like, like we've talked about before, do they access you via phone sessions? Is it via Zoom? Um, Is it via Slack or some other app? Um, 
Is it via, you know, Facebook? Are they allowed to Facebook message you? Things like that, you know, because some some of these casual workarounds really can show up where they're they're just crossing the boundaries, you know, like, especially uh, I know a lot of your users um, are on Instagram. So are they, are your clients following you on Instagram, but then Instagram messaging you because it's at night and they're looking at their phone and, you know, that's, that's a pretty big one, I think, to, to really be clear on, like, Mm -hmm. can you Instagram message me? You know, is it just some random thing or is it like, is it a legit thing that they're asking? You know what I mean there? And I think logistically, like if you have someone text messaging you on Instagram, like messaging you, maybe voice messaging you, excuse me, through email, how do you keep track? You know, how do you keep track of the conversation then? Absolutely. And this is where I wrote this in all caps in my notes, be very clear, like very, very clear. Um, And, and, so in my contracts, also, I include amount of access, like how much time, you know, making sure that it's clear that you say these are 50 minute sessions or 90 minute sessions or whatever they are. Or, um, you know, I think just the more details you can use, the better. Mm-hmm. One other thing I just want to say, sorry, I, I hear you oh, having an idea, but also, if you do have email access for your clients, having some sort of a clause that says if if your question um, or email feels like too long for an email response and requires a session, that will be taken out of your package or something like that. Mm, yeah, that's important too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think like the coach that I worked with in the past said, you know, if this takes me, you're welcome to email me with questions, but if this takes longer than I think 10 or 15 minutes of my time, to respond, this is something that needs to be in a session. Mm-hmm. And so I had to gauge, you know, what's the importance level of this? You know, can I figure this out on my own? You know, can I save this for a session? And it kind of puts the onus back on the person to be like, hey, I don't have to use this other person as a crutch so much. Yes, that's such a good point. And let's just take a moment there to really emphasize this point, Stephanie, because what we're doing as coaches is is it's so important that we do trust ourselves that we do you know tune in to our soul voice to our own inner power to what we really know is true for us and the more we're reaching out to others we're not giving ourselves that level of security and confidence we're not trusting ourselves mm-hmm. and so what you're doing as a coach um for your clients is allowing them to trust themselves more when you use these type of boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big point because if we're just constantly, you know, I think it's good to have accountability and cheerleading and ha- hand holding in a sense, but if that's all you're doing, how does that person operate outside of the coaching experience? Yeah. You're not setting them up for success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely understand that one. Um, So this is a really good, I think, lesson to learn or just something to like acknowledge and be like, if I'm constantly responding, if I'm constantly on call and accessible to them, how are they growing as an individual? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Thank you for bringing that up. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, So what kind of sparked for me before was, you know, we have all the idea of all of these things now. And, you know, if they don't show up, if there's a cancellation, you know, um, Uh, no show, you know, 
potentially like we didn't even dip into the money thing, you know, like setting terms and conditions for that. If we have time, maybe we can chat about that. But basically at this point, it's like, so it's set out, but like we talked a little bit about earlier, like how do you enforce this within the relationship if it's already going? And if they're maybe abusing the boundary, overstepping, if they're, you know, yeah, just taking more than you've laid out that they can have. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this has to be, you know, I think you have to look at what you set up as expectations to begin with and take a little bit of responsibility, first of all. And you have to think about, okay, so what did I tell them? Did I tell them that I was accessible this way or were they just assuming that? And you start to really look at what was said or what was written and what was acknowledged or what was, you know, just assumed. Because a lot of this comes from, a lot of the overstepping of the boundaries comes from assumption. Mm -hmm. And that's why having a client agreement form where this is really written out is super duper important. As I said earlier, you can always reference it back. Mm -hmm. So to a certain degree, you have to take some responsibility. And then it's my opinion that you really just have to, you know, have a conversation um, that you have to, or that I think it's really... um, positive if you if you have a more transparent conversation around it um if it's something that's really just like feels wrong and icky and like you don't know what to do with it that can be a little different you might just need to be more more stern you could mm-hmm. say like this is something that i've noticed has been happening and we never really talked about this so going forward i'd like to transition us into a new way mm-hmm. of communicating yeah i think that's like stern and soft right? It's like thoughtful and appropriate and like you're respecting your needs, but you're not like, it's not like, Hey, you did this to me. And you're and it's not, you're always in reaction. Yes, absolutely. It's not about blaming. Um, you know, that's why I say you really have to look at what was addressed and, and take responsibility personally as well. And, um, my boundary, my boundaries mentor also uses this quote a lot, which I love that clarity is kind. Mm-hmm. And so we're all kind beings and we want to be kind in this relationship, but we don't have to be overly nice, right? That's very different. And so being kind is coming from your heart, but it's not overextending yourself. And so the more clear you can be, whether it's upfront with a client agreement form or it's in the middle of your um in the middle of your package and you're going to reassess things, just be clear. You know, we don't want to come up with excuses or blame or anything like that. Honor what's been true in the current experience, honor how you want to take it forward and be clear about it. Woo. That just like went down to my bones. Cause I was like, mm. yes, I needed that. <laughs> Cause I think, again, I think like for me, at least like being a more sensitive person and connected to others, you know, wanting to make others happy, like having that people pleasing mentality. Um, I forget that I can give too much and it's, and then I'm trying, I'm kind to someone else before I'm kind to myself. Yes, absolutely. And, and I would go so far as to say that boundaries are about being kind to ourselves. I mean, boundaries are in place as a form of kindness to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really important. Wow, you're just um, hitting us with all of the <laughs> nuggets <Woo>. of wisdom. 
No, that is so great. Um, and you did kind of allude to a little bit of language, like how you might mm-hmm. say that. Do you have any other like ways you might approach, let's just say like the client relationships going, you know, something happened, it's like headed in not a great direction and you need to like address it. Do you have any, again, putting you on the spot here, but, but like any language pieces you might be able to bring in here? Well, I think first and foremost, when something arises, we need to really step back from it. Um, When we're in the middle of it, there's a lot of emotion that comes up. And so giving yourself space just to get grounded and feel, okay, what is the truth of this experience here? Um, so I can give you language. Stephanie, do you have maybe a little bit more of a specific thing you might? Um, let's say that you, okay, for example, um, I have two examples. <laughs> Number one, if a friend or family member asks you for advice. Okay, <laughs> this, is a, this is a good one. Um, that ever horrible phrase, can I pick your brain? (laughs) I hate that one. Um, Okay, this is really tricky. So first and foremost, I would think about like, what are they really looking to gain from you? You know, if they are having um, a digestive problem and you really are a digestive expert, like, could you say, well, you know, you might try this, this, or this. And then if that doesn't help you, why don't we set up a session? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, think about like, what is the potential here? If it's someone that you just know is just, I don't know, I, I was going to say like going to be a, an energy vampire, like they're mm-hmm. just looking to drain you for whatever reason, you know, subconsciously or consciously, um, you just say, well, these are my these are my rates and this is where you can schedule a session with me. Mm-hmm. So just set that tone. That's what, yeah, (laughs) that's a great way to put it because you want to read the the situation and then you want to set the tone appropriately based on, you know, how it's coming up. Mm -hmm. And honestly, you probably just helped almost everybody that's listening because that is the number (laughs) one question I get. How do I navigate that? Like, it's such a Mm -hmm. tricky thing because you want to give and you want to help and you don't, for lack of a better word, want to be an asshole. But at the same time, you do, you do want to set the boundary and you do want to protect yourself and not give so much because we all know what it feels like when we overgive. So that was, really- uh, let me give, let me give a couple of other examples here, Stephanie, because I think this might be helpful too. So especially when it's someone that you don't really want to work with, or you don't really want to, you know, go there with, look at what you do have in place. So do you have a blog? If so, say, why don't you go over to my blog and read a little bit and then let me know if you still have questions. Or if you have a handout, why don't you uh, go download this thing about digestive health and and go through those guidelines for a little while and then come back to me if you still have stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like give them a resource. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you're not leaving them hanging. You're still honoring their needs, but it's in a more respectful way towards yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then my second kind of language um, example would be, let's say you're on a call with someone and the call was um, an hour and it's getting on an hour and 15 minutes and there's no sign of it ending. How do you politely like end a session or, you know, kind of set that, that boundary that you thought was already set, but is obviously it's not being implemented? <laughs> okay, so um, full transparency, I'm really bad at this. I my sessions tend to be long sessions. Like I've, uh, I'll tell you in a second, but 
like my sessions almost always are an hour and a half. And I always used to have them set as an hour and then bump up against this. So I'll tell you in my practice how I've remedied remedied it currently. And then I'll go back to what you can do in the moment. But for me, um, knowing that sometimes clients just take longer to get into, you know, when we're doing this work with the soul voice, it's, it, it's quite vulnerable and we're, we, we go through a lot of layers. And so what I've started doing in my practice is instead of saying you get X amount of sessions per month, you get X amount of time per month. So right now my one-on-one clients get up to three hours of time per month. Mm. So that could be three one-hour sessions to 90-minute sessions, you know, whatever the, the math works out to. Um, that's one way I've begun to remedy it for myself. But in the moment, you always want to respect the, the conversation or the, like what you're tapping into with your client, right? So um, for me, as I mentioned, things can get really vulnerable. You know, sometimes my clients cry or if they're in a really emotionally charged moment, I'm not going to cut them off in that way. So I do want to read and assess what's going on. Mm-hmm. But if there is an opening um, in the conversation, you know, you can say, at this point, we've already gone over our time and, you know, it seems like we have a little bit more to wrap up. So either you can say um, something about needing to take this off of another session or, you know, somehow remedy it in the package time-wise um, or say, you know, I wonder if there's a way for us to close our conversation around this. And then, you know, if anything continues to come up, you can reach out to me. Mm-hmm. I do think it's very individual. It's hard to give exact language because I think it depends on what you're talking about. You know, if you're just talking about stocking the pantry and buying groceries, that's a lot easier to divert than if you're in a really vulnerable, emotional part of the conversation. That's a, yeah. So like really recognizing where are they at emotionally, you know, how much time or space is needed here. Um, I like the idea of maybe we can um, like you know, I'd really love to continue going through this with you. I see that it might take us X amount of time more. Would you be okay if we took this off your next session? Right? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to correct you there, Stephanie. We're not going to say, would you be okay with, (laughs) (laughs) we're going to say, so let's, let's go ahead and finish this up. And then we'll adjust. We'll talk about adjusting the timing um, on your package Mm. later. There you go. See, you don't want them to say, to think about the package in the moment because mm, it takes them out. Yeah. 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 No, you're a word ninja. You're just, good with your words. <laughs> and you know, to be really honest also, you might also wait till you're towards the end and say, this took, um, you know, an extra 30 minutes. And so I am going to need to adjust that on your package. Mm-hmm. That's a boundary. Yeah. 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 And if someone set that for me, like at first I might feel like to be perfectly honest, like, Oh, Okay. But then I would be very respectful of that because in re- I would want that for myself. I'd be like, wow, that person taught me that that is important to them. And it would make me reflect, do I have those same things in place for myself? You know, I think that is one of the most important things about setting boundaries here too, is that you really are teaching the person on the other side of it every time you uphold a boundary. And if they get upset by it, it's more that they're upset about, not having access to you, then they're upset by you creating the boundary itself, you know? And so also this is a really great filter for you to see who your best clients are because your best clients absolutely get it. Mm -hmm. They 100% get it. The ones that are 
messy about it, not your best because they're not respecting you ultimately. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, and I think it's so true, the whole, you know, you're, you're teaching others. And when it comes to health and wellness and your body and your mental health, like, um, they are, people are, our clients are looking and listening and absorbing what it is we're doing as well. So, you know, if we're, um, an example of that for them, a positive example, it's going to rub off, right? And teaching mm-hmm. people boundaries about their health, boundaries about their relationships, like it's all intertwined. So um, I'm so glad that you brought that up. And this mm-hmm. kind of segues into, you know, starting to, you know, protect ourselves in situations around negative clients or when we get bad feedback or when the client doesn't get results and maybe blame us that it's our fault. Like how do we navigate these, I guess, trickier scenario. (laughs) Well, you know, I'll come back to something I said earlier, which is that it's always valuable to understand where this is coming from. So you always have the opportunity to, to turn this into a teaching moment, um, as I like to call it, you know, so if you are receiving some kind of negativity or some kind of bad feedback, is this really true? Right? So, um, that's one, that's like the first question you want to ask. And as I said earlier, give yourself a little space from it so that you're not triggered emotionally. And then notice if it's something that your client is experiencing internally, you know, what is it that they might have going on? And can you coach them through that to understand what it's really about? Mm. What would be an example of coaching them deeper with that? Oh, I have a great example, actually. (laughs) So, um, so this, I have to give you a little bit of story here, sure. but I had a, I had a client, um, who was in one of my packages and, um, I had offered something as a bonus. And then in the end, um, something fell through with it. And so I had to shift and say, instead of that, I'm giving you this instead. And I had a client come back and tell me how disappointed she was about this thing being canceled. And, um, I was like, well, that is so strange because, you know, a few weeks ago when I asked people about it before canceling, she told me she wouldn't like to attend. She didn't want to be with this particular group of women. She didn't feel like traveling. Like there were so many things. And she was like, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. And at the same time, um, a couple weeks after that, she told me that she didn't feel like she was showing up for herself very much in our coaching experience. And so in that moment, it was very clear for me to recognize that her being disappointment, her being disappointed in me canceling this thing had nothing to do with the thing. It was actually just disappointment in herself about not showing up fully. And she flipped that into pushing her disappointment onto me instead of really owning it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that happens. <laughs> I think it happens often because people, you know, even in a coaching relationship, it depends where the person's at mentally. And this can happen to even someone that comes in and is like a straight shooter and they're an open book, but at some point, maybe their expectations aren't being met or they thought this was going to be, you know, for lack of a better word, a magic pill scenario Mm -hmm. that was going to solve them, like solve, like everything will be okay. And maybe it's not at that place because they didn't, they didn't, you know, put the work in or, you know, you know, you didn't put the work in or whatever it is. It just like feels messy to them. It doesn't feel like they got what they had expected. 
And I think, well, and, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and that's why it's important to step back, right? Because if, because initially I was in reaction mode and was like, oh, well, gosh, like, you know, I don't want her to be disappointed. And then it took me, you know, not very much time at all when I stepped back to say, oh, this is about something so much different. Like there were so many details that lined up to show me that this was disappointment in herself. Right. And, you know, depending on the relationship you have with these clients, like this is someone I thought was a perfect client. I I still do consider her a perfect client. She was very, um, very aligned for me, but we also have to, I think, go back to, are our clients aligned to work with us? Because ultimately the more in tune we are with our clients, the the more likelihood it's going to be a positive experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So how did you coach her through this? Or like what happened in this scenario? Well, just offering opportunity to, to look at what had been said. So, you know, this, this actually, um, seems to me like it's stemming from something that you mentioned earlier, that this was a challenging time for you, that you didn't actually feel like you were showing up as much as you wanted to throughout this coaching package. And, um, you know, I wonder if that disappointment that you're feeling about this little piece of it is, a, is actually greater, is actually because you didn't feel like you showed up the way that you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds to me like it's also taking what they said and potentially reflecting it back to them. That's exactly what it is. I literally took her words and and reflected them back. Mm-hmm. And you're not doing it from a way of, well, what I hear you saying is this, and you're like blaming or guilting or, or um, putting judgment on. It's literally just a, um, so what I hear, like, you know, in a nice way, what I hear you saying is this, does that feel true to you or does that feel right to you? Or am I not understanding correctly? Absolutely. I mean, you want to get back to clarity is kind, right? You want to be really clear and, um, you know, allow them to see, oh, you know, you're right. Actually, this is um, what I was feeling. And this was much more, you know, systemic, so to speak, than than an isolated incident. Mm-hmm. And um, I was feeling that disappointment, you know, whatever it is, yeah. and kind of go that way. And I think for a lot of people, it's honestly just like acknowledgement of whatever they're going through. It is, you know, I think... I think that especially when, you know, you're working with nutrition and you're working on what's under the choices people are making with nutrition, you know, that's always been my specialty is I always say, well, what's underneath it? You know, that's really what we do as coaches. Um, You know, if we're consultants, we're saying eat this, don't eat that. But when we're helping people to really change their life and their choices, it's about finding out what's underneath those choices. And that goes for the choices in how they're showing up to coaching or how they're um, interacting with your, you know, with your group or w- whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, okay. So when it comes to like getting, you know, someone not changing or making a result and maybe there's like a bit of blame or, maybe you get a bad review, right? Or something Mm -hmm. like that when it's like an external thing. Um, Other than kind of pulling yourself out of the scenario and seeing that, 
you know, maybe it's what they've got going on or it's their viewpoint on it. Do you have any other kind of tangibles here to help people like understand maybe how they could set a boundary or how to not take it personally, maybe? Yeah. So I'll start with the tangible because it comes back to something I mentioned earlier, which is in your contract or client agreement form. Um, I have a section called client responsibilities in my form. And so I ask there again, explicitly, you know, um, that the client agrees to arrive to sessions on time, um, to adhere to the payment terms of the agreement, to actively participate in the coaching process, to apply themselves, um, in order to get results, to be honest and communicate respectfully, to complete any assignments or homework, um, and this sort of a thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you just want to cover all your bases here first and foremost, so that you can, again, if ever needed, go back and look to this uh, agreement form and say, you know, I, you agreed that you would show up for this Mm -hmm. and then you're disappointed because you didn't show up for it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think there's also an important thing to mention, um, which I have in that same section and I'll just read it verbatim. Um, coaching is designed to support the client in reaching their goals, but success depends on many factors, including the client's own motivation, dedication, starting point, willingness to be open, honesty with oneself, unique, unique health profile, life experience, et cetera. And the client understands that these factors will impact their results. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's important. So I'm really putting it in their hands. And, you know, that's what a coach is, is you're, you're asking them to show up. You're reflecting to them. You're not there to tell them what to do. You're there to help guide them through it. Mm-hmm. And help them to, to listen to what's already inside of them. Absolutely. It comes back to them trusting themselves, being willing to navigate things, you know, in their own life and, and, and make sure that they are making efforts in all areas to help their well-being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, thank you very much. Cause I think a lot of us, um, get into these relationships and then we don't know what to do once we're in them and how to navigate them or how to protect ourselves. So I think you've given us like a lot of tangible things we can either say or things we can put in place or, um, you know, if we're in that relationship, we can, um, I can't think of the right word right now, but oh, reinforce, you know, what mm-hmm. we're even said or what's been written down. Yeah. So I'd love to just at the end here, go into um, how we can just start to set maybe some really basic um, work-life balance boundaries, um, because I know for me, I'm very guilty of this. Um, <laughs> and Brandy, I know, like, I'm sure you have your ups and your downs, as a lot of us do, but I, I would say out of everyone I know, you, to me, exemplify or um, you example to me how good you are at this. And just to kind of fill everyone in, um, I hope you don't mind, Brandy, I'm sharing this, but um, <clears throat> Brandy, like, so we will communicate through email or um, through Slack, which is like a messenger service for more business. And I know in the past, like I'll text message her or a voice message with business stuff. And Brandy will, you know, really respectfully say, I don't like to use my text messages for business. Do you mind if we move this to another place? Um, and you're like, you know what, I'm just shutting off for the night. Do you mind if I get back to you in the morning? Where if it's me, I'm just like texting till 10, 12 at night <laughs> or in the morning, you know, and like, I'm really seeing that through you. And now I'm starting to bring that more in and I'm like forever grateful for that. But can you, is that an example of like a work-life balance or can you give us some more? 
That's absolutely an example. You know, um, to go back to the beginning of our conversation, it's really important that we look at our values. How do you want your life to look? You know, I know that we come to this work to have our own freedom and flexibility. And so often, because of the culture of this work, we push ourselves and we don't even end up using that flexibility and freedom that we are here for, you know? Yeah. And so I think it's most important that you really, you know, sort of design your life. How do you want it to look? Um, it's funny. I have this whiteboard and I wrote something on it a couple years ago, more than a couple years ago, and it's still here today and I'm going to read it. I look at it every day. I am devoted to creating my ideal life. And I think that's so important because that's how we have to start. And so from there, you get to decide what is important to you. And I mentioned this earlier, that there are things that are non-negotiables. So for instance, um, eating is a non-negotiable for me. And I know that sounds like funny or whatever, but it's absolutely why I work from home. I used to work in a wellness center and I quit doing that so that I could be home and make my own meals and eat when I was hungry. Eating is a non-negotiable for me. Um, you know, making sure that I have real food, not just like snacky things, that's a non-negotiable for me. And then also going outside and taking walks is a way that I really, um, you know, end my day. So when I leave my when I turn off my office hours, I make sure I go outside and take a walk. Mm -hmm. So do you and, have clear office hours then in your business? Um, pretty much, yes. So for me, um, okay, this is another thing that it's funny to say out loud because I do think it gets a lot of judgment, but I'm going to just own it. Um, a big thing for me also is sleeping until I wake up. I don't set an alarm in the morning. And I know so many people have productivity ideals and they want to get up really early and whatever. And if that works for your life, awesome. But that doesn't work for my life. So I sleep later and I wake up when I'm ready. And then I give myself a good cushion of time to do my morning routine, to take care of personal things. And then I usually don't start in my office until 10 o'clock at the earliest. Mm -hmm. And then I close down between five and six. And it is a little bit dependent on my husband's work schedule um, because to me, our family time in the evening is really important. So when he's um, on his way home, he usually lets me know. And that's when I shut down my office and I start making dinner. And then we have dinner together when he arrives home. Mm. And I'm going to go a little bit deeper here and ask you, um, again, this is personal, so don't feel like you mm -hmm. have to go in depth here, but in that personal time you have with your um, mm -hmm. partner, is it purely lifetime or do you find that you bring work into it a lot? I do not bring work into it at all. Mm. That's very interesting to me and, and like <laughs> admirable because I definitely bring work into it. Well, and do you mean that by conversationally or because you're thinking about um, it? Yeah. Or? Like, I mean, like Craig, my partner will come home from work and he'll kind of share what he did and I'll share what I did but then later it will come up again and then it might come mm -hmm. up again. And then it's to the point where, and this is, this isn't something that's like a terrible barrier in our relationship, but he will often say like, wow, you talk a lot about work, you know? Mm -hmm. And then it makes me reflect and be like, Hmm, am I making work my identity? Sure. And then I have to relook at that. So I was just curious. I mean, this is something I'm constantly working on and I would say I'm a lot better than I have been. Um, but 
yeah, I was just curious for you if like work time closes and of course you're going to talk about how your day went and things and it will interweave, but do you like not like put the work laptop away, put the work phone away or whatever and check into life? Absolutely. Yeah. It's really important to me in fact. And um, one of the things that can sometimes pull me out of it is I do check for instance, Instagram in the evenings, but like I make sure that I'm not doing posts or anything about my business at that time. Um, or, you know, I try not to like have any like business conversation, Mm -hmm. like, like you and I, like you explained. Um, but yeah, I really don't talk about my business outside of my business hours. Um, you know, maybe if I have something big going on, my husband always asks how my day went. And sometimes I just say like, it was good, but like, I I actually divert the conversation. Mm. Um, Not because I don't love my business. I do, but it's just not what I want to talk about. And in in the same vein, um, I don't want to talk about his workday either. Like I do ask him how it went and if he has big projects going on, like I want to know about that. But sometimes he goes off into detail about work a little bit and and I kind of check us on that Mm -hmm. so that we don't do that. Yeah, I really like that. And I think it's funny because like, for Craig and I will like go in, you know, we'll have times where it's like not a focus and then we'll be really um, checked into our life and our life balance boundary. And then sometimes it will be more work balance. And I think it's literally about coming home every day after the work is done. And, you know, for us, like our living, I have my desk in the living room. Um, Mm -hmm. So the work is in the living room, right? um, There's not enough clear separation, but I think it's literally coming home and being like, what is important to me right now and what can I let go of and focus on at another time that I've allotted versus letting it flow into the entire life. Yes. And, you know, from another tangible perspective, like I actually, so I have a desktop in my office and I shut it down. I turn off the screen. I put up a little vision board in front of the screen. Like there's a way that I close down my office at night. So it's very clear. Mm -hmm. And when I did not have an office, um, office space, when I lived in a smaller, um, a smaller house, my, like you, my, um, my living space was my office and I worked on a laptop. And so one thing I did was I had like a desk calendar, you know, kind of like those old school ones that I feel like were in like on, conference desks, you know, like, but a cute one. Um, what I would do is when I started my workday, I put that calendar down and that's what I used as like to put my laptop on. And that's like where I took notes and stuff. And then at the end of the day, I put that away. So like, for me, it's all about creating some kind of particular boundary, even if that boundary was the calendar, but then the calendar goes away and the work goes away. Mm, Like a ritual kind of. Yes, Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. absolutely. I like that. Clear container. Mm -hmm. I really Mm -hmm. like that. I'm going to try that personally. And I, I feel like that will be helpful for a lot of people because I hear that a lot from other entrepreneurs um, in this industry, or even my clients that are like, how do I just turn it off? Like sometimes I just want to turn it off. Right. And you know, this is oversimplifying perhaps, but if it's a laptop, close the laptop, put it in a case, 
put the case away where you don't see it. You know, it's the same thing as like trying to create boundaries with your phone. When you're not seeing your phone, you're not reaching for it Mm -hmm. or picking it up. It's the same thing with your laptop or your business stuff, you know, make a dedicated space where you put things away at night, or like you said, create some kind of a ritual where you actually put things away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even in conversation with you and in my friendship with you, like the phone not being in the bedroom has been a big one. And sometimes it will get reintroduced back there into the bedroom because it's my alarm. But um, like you, I'm usually not an alarm person. (laughs) I kind of have. Or, you know, just go to go and get yourself like an old school little clock. Like I have that in my room. And sometimes I do have to set an alarm. There are times, but I, I don't use a phone. No, exactly. But I think we, <laughs> we get so used to the way it is and we don't see yeah. that there's another way. Yeah. 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 That, I mean, very tangible tips. And I think it's just really, again, just like you said at the beginning, like, you know, going back to the values going back to the soul voice, going back to what is your inside saying? Yeah, what is true for you? Not what someone else tells you it's supposed to look like, not how it quote unquote should be, what works for you and what works in your life. You have to make your business integrate with your ideal life and then and then sort of compartmentalize it, you know, to make it more efficient over time. Mm-hmm. Yes, very true. Well, Brandy, thank you so much. This was incredible and super enlightening for me to like, you know, I know we talk about this like on our own a lot, but just to hear it laid out like this. And um, I'm very inspired to set some more boundaries. I have a lot (laughs) in place now. And especially since becoming friends with you and seeing you um, as an example of them. But I see also a lot of places in my life where I could add a lot more in. So thank you for that personally. And I feel like everybody got so much from this um, super inspiring conversation. So thank you so much for being here with us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I get so excited to talk about boundaries. I think they're so important. And Um, so I'm, I'm really happy that I could be here and share that with, with everyone. Yeah. And, um, just so everyone knows in our little mastermind, we have a little joke that, um, you know, when there's a decision (laughs) or something coming up, um, Brandy will be that voice of reason. And and then somehow it came up that we're going to make t-shirts that says Brandy says no, (laughs) 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 because, you know, she's really good at just checking in and like, immediately grabbing that soul voice that's inside or that intuition as some of you might see it you know um Mm -hmm. and so she's so clear with that and I think a lot of us have it but we lose it so often Uh, or the the you know the real the real challenge is following it like we hear it and it comes up but following it is the challenge that's what I really help women with women with is that following through with it yes oh I love that point yeah that's so true so if women or anyone listening would love to like follow you and like learn more about what soul voice is and what intuition is and like learning how to trust themselves and connect and and feel more confident because I think again you've inspired a lot of us to like just go a little bit deeper um, and really like figure out a little bit more about what's important to us. Like if people want that and they want to follow on, along with you, where can they check you out? Sure. Um, so my website is my name, brandymckenzie.com. And then I am on Instagram, bh underscore McKenzie. And I'm on Facebook as forward slash restorative health LLC. Okay. 
Perfect. But my website is the most um, comprehensive place to take a look around. And there's a lot of blogs and information that you can explore there. And that would be my suggestion for your first place to stop. Perfect. That's the starting place for them. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I just love it. Brandy just had a makeover done on her website. And like, I go there and I feel peace. Like, like (laughs) you feel that like, that like trust and that like soul voice when you're on there. So if you want a little kind of hit of inspiration and to feel that like, I don't know, it just feels very comfortable. If you want that, I would really suggest checking her out and following her on uh, Facebook and Instagram and yeah, just becoming a part of Brandy's world because she is a fantastic person to have in your world. So thank you so much, Brandy. I'm so happy that you were on and I would love to have you on again, probably to talk about one of the many tangents we went on so (laughs) much, but um, you know, I really appreciate you. So thank you so much. Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, share the episode with a friend, or take us on social media. Catch you next time.